0: Hey, this is Colby Strong, Blaze on Power Rangers Beast Morphers on Nickelodeon, and you are listening to the Man Cave Chronicles.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy. You did it! I did it! I did it with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture oh yeah tv nice movies oh
0: i love the movies
1: comedy and more from deep inside the man cave your host elias
2: colby welcome to the cave good morning how's it going good good man what's going on with you man what's new
0: Oh, you know, just just living the dream, quote-unquote. <laughs> no, I'm just out here in New Zealand right now filming uh, Power Rangers Beast Morphers, currently on Season 2. And um, we've been here about seven months and uh, about two more months to go, and then we're going to wrap this thing up.
2: How's it up? Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, let's talk about originally, like, where you originally from.
0: Yeah, so I am from Salt Lake City, Utah.
2: How was it uh, growing up there?
0: Yeah, um, it's a really, really awesome place. Um, I I grew up and um, didn't really get into acting until I was about 13, kind of found my thing, and it, it started in musical theater, I guess, and kind of from there just through doing community theater and then slowly got introduced to an agent and then kind of got introduced to more of you know the the film scene i guess if you will yeah and then from there went to college and and you know it was just it's a great place and i feel like it was a great place to start the career because a lot of film slash i mean films come through there because it's really um inexpensive to film there i guess as well as it's a really big um has a really big demographic for musical theater Hmm. so it was a really good artsy place to kind of get started it's really awesome
2: so uh, you said you started acting at 13. Uh, what uh, what pursued you? Like What made you one day say, I want to get into acting. This is what I want to do.
0: Yeah, it was kind of a funny story. I never really found my kind of thing, if you will. And my uh, I was raised by a family of women. And all of them played sports growing up. And then they all ended up being cops. So I'm um, kind of the black sheep of the family, if you will. <laughs> And so, you know, they I think they put me in every sport for a day. And even it got to the point where it was like, let's put him into gymnastics and try that. Oh, it didn't work. Oh, let's put him into, oh, that didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, they tried everything under the sun, yeah. except theater, which was so interesting. But I think it's just because they didn't know, you know. It wasn't something they were used to or had been exposed to. So, anyway, I kind of found it myself. I, just, uh, I was 13. I was in seventh grade. And a friend of mine um, that I had just recently made, she um, she was like, hey, are you thinking about trying out for the school musical? And I was like, no, that's stupid. Only dumb people do that. You know what I mean, <laughs> like, I was, had such a cold feeling about it for no reason. I don't even know why. I guess I was just trying to be, like, a cool 13-year-old guy or something, right? And so, anyway, then, um, anyway, she convinced me. And I was like, okay. So then I got cast, and um, it was Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and there's literally 14 leads, and I got cast as the 15th boy as the preacher. Like, I must have sucked is what I'm saying. And so, um, yeah. And slowly I just kind of fell in love with it, but it was always like a hobby. You know, it was always, it was always something that I was just doing for fun. Never something I think I would actually do for a career,
1: yeah. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And then, um, but then from there I convinced myself halfway through college, I was doing pre-med at the time, like crazy. I was minoring in theater. Cause again, it was still a hobby but it was never something I was like, Oh, I can make a living and like raise kids on this. You know, I'm, I'm kind of that person. Yeah. want to make sure that I'm like secure for life kind of thing. Not just, you know, I don't really just fly by the seat of my pants. So anyway, I was just trying to p- prepare and plan. And then all of a sudden it hit me one day, junior year. And I was like, I, I could do this. I, I think I can make this work. I think I'm good enough. And from there, it's just kind of been a whirlwind and Gosh, now I'm in New Zealand filming. It's kind yeah. of wild.
2: Yeah. So <clears throat> while you were a kid, uh, what else were you into? You said you tried out sports. Uh, yeah. Was, like, there, was there like a certain sport that you enjoyed playing? or No, I, and
0: I think that's the point, right? Yeah. Like I tried a lot of different things for like one a day. You know, like yeah. I did soccer for a day, and I was like, nah. You know, and I tried up for the school basketball team because that was what the cool guys did, but I sucked, and I wasn't good at it, and neither did I really actually like it. I was just trying to be, you know, trying to be cool. It was yeah. like the typical 2000s type of, you know, like story, but, uh, which is awesome that everything's changing now. You know, I don't feel like kids are probably as pressured. Maybe not. I'm not in junior high anymore, but it seems like the world is kind of like easing up on the stereotype, which is really awesome. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of just found me, but yeah, I didn't really like me and my family were very close, very small family. And so I think it was just a lot of like family oriented stuff. It was never like Oh, we got to get him to soccer practice and then he's got to go do this. Like, it was never, I was never that kid until I was 13 and I was just doing a lot of rehearsals.
2: Hmm. So, uh, so when you were in college, you said your junior year, you, you, you knew you were going to go into acting. Did you finish college before you took off for the acting world?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, the, kind of the biggest thing is, I mean, I was going to this like pretty expensive private liberal arts college. And, I mean, like I said, I was halfway through um, pre med. And I was like, I mean, and I wasn't in love with it, but I, I mean, I didn't not like it. It just was different. You know, I wasn't yeah. like crazy passionate about acting or like I am about acting. So, um, yeah, it was, I, uh, sorry, will you rephrase the, will you say the question
2: again? <laughs> so sure i <clears throat> I, said that I, so when you were your junior year in college and you, you knew you wanted to go to acting, a little, right. like, did you, you, did you, you finished school and you took off? Yeah
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I always get sidetracked a little bit. So yeah, I was like, when it hit me and I was like, no, I'm going to major in, in, um, acting. I just put pre-med to the side. And I, since I was minoring in, in acting, I didn't like have to, I didn't really skip a B. I just changed majors, but I had already fulfilled all the requirements to graduate in four years. So I graduated college. I got my bachelor of fine arts in acting, uh, and I graduated in 2016 and then from there I was like I'm just gonna chill for a sec and explore around the theater community in um in Utah plus I was just trying to get you know build up my credits but back then I also wanted to go to New York and do theater and plays you know that's kind of where my focus was but it wasn't until I um everyone told me just go out to LA and see if you like it see if you like it see if you like it, you like it. and so I was like I don't know why I didn't want to go to LA because I'd never been there. I didn't even know anything about it. Um, but I was like, okay, I guess I'll go and just try it. And it took me about 24 hours for me to, excuse me, fall in love with it. So yeah, yeah it was, it was really awesome. And it hit me and I was like, no, like I want to do, I want to do film. And I had already, you know, got a couple of credits under my belt from, you know, Utah stuff and guest stars and co-stars that have come through Utah. So that's why I felt confident enough to be like, no, I, I can do this. I can do the film thing.
2: So, uh, when you went to LA, what was 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 uh, Power Rangers the first thing you booked, or did you book uh, cameos and stuff like that in other shows? Well, I mean, so
0: technically in Los Angeles, Power Rangers was the first thing I booked. Okay. But um, I still kept my Utah agent back in Utah, so they were getting me. I mean, I I felt like I was on a really good foot in Utah. Like I was. There's only one casting director there. Like there's a couple smaller ones, but they don't do any of the big broad projects. Yeah. So there's the one mm-hmm. big casting director in Utah, which is so funny to even talk about being one casting director. Anyway, he's amazing. And I have a re- I have a great relationship with him. Mm. And, you know, he was calling me in for a lot of things. And and so I was constantly getting work in Utah while living in L.A. So I, I booked three things, which was really great. Um, no, maybe. I think. Oh, gosh, I don't even remember two or three. One of them was um, like a Hallmark film, and I literally got the email that I booked it the day I got to L.A. when I moved in October, which is so funny. So I like had to plan my flight back to Utah. It was just funny. And then um, another thing was a web series on Go90 that – unfortunately, Go90 isn't a thing anymore, but now they're trying to do film festival stuff with the the footage and making it into a film, which is really exciting Mm because they were just a South by Southwest. So – um, yeah, good things, but nothing through um, LA, which actually isn't a surprise. Um, it's more cutthroat, obviously, in Los Angeles. And I was still trying to, you know, get my feet underneath me and understand what my life was going to be like in Los Angeles. So it took it took a little while auditioning, being <laughs> going through a lot, trying to understand myself as an auditioner and my where my career was going and everything. And then that's when I auditioned for. Mm-hmm. Power Rangers in April of 20, 2018 and then from there the audition process was about four months so.
2: Interesting. so how did you get approached for that project and tell us a little about the audition
0: oh my gosh I love this question the most because it's the craziest mm-hmm. story it's just a lot it's not your normal oh I just walked in I booked it you know like um, I originally went in to all the to all the listeners that know the show um, Ben who is the comedic duo uh male role um i got an audition for like my manager called me she said you're going in for power rangers and i was like what and i was like awesome and she's like well it's not for a ranger it's for the comedic role and i was like oh i was like okay and i was like send me the character description so she sends me the character description and it's like it's for sure for a character actor it's um you know it was like really skinny five foot seven kid like they wanted like this kind of quirky guy to do all the comedic stuff for the comedic relief yeah. and I was like I mean it's fine I can try to do it I just know that that's not my typecast and obviously if you see Blaze as like if you see me as Blaze you definitely know that I'm not going to play Ben in the show so I was like I mean I was I'm six foot I'm like way taller than anybody in the cast already like I already know I'm like the opposite of what that was um and so i was like okay can i get the sides for a ranger and she's like okay they're they're out like i can give you the sides but go in an audition for ben like don't go in and you know dress as a ranger or anything and i was like oh no 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 you're good you're good i just want to prepare them just so i can ask them to read for it so i go in and i did not listen to anything my manager said bless her heart love her to death (laughs) but i was like no i'm going to take this risk because i know i'm not going to get cast as a comedic duo and that's just something that You know, I had to know for myself and know my business and like the business of Colby Strong and know the best like business move to take. And that was the one. And I was like, no, I'm going to go in dressed as like a good looking teen boy. And I wore like a red, like a red shirt. And I like looked all like good, you know, for a ranger, you know, and I went in and I did the, I read for it. It was really great. And then I asked if I could read for a ranger and they said, we're not reading yet um adam weissman who's the assistant to um iris hampton casting director he said you know i really like your look you have a great read um let me forward your tape over but i don't know i can't guarantee anything and i was like no worries that's just all i wanted to you know he's like but yeah i'll forward your tape over amazing so i didn't hear anything for a month so i was like ah shoot i didn't get that one and then um and then a month later i'm in hawaii with my family And I get an email saying they want to see you as a Power Ranger. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. So from there, it just was, you know, it escalated to something really insane. I went in and I performed this terrible 30-minute routine for, um, like, to show if I could do stunt work. And I had never punched a thing in my life. So, I mean, I was terrible. And everybody knows, like, Taekwondo and, like, you should see the YouTube submissions for this show. And I was like, oh, there's no way I'll get this. But they saw something in me. They were like, you know, we really like your look. We like your, you know, you can act well, we just need you to stunt train. So they sent me to a guy who a lot of the Rangers trained with, um, uh, XMA action stunts in, in Los Angeles, and they had us go train with him. And, um, I trained for two months total, um, doing this all out of pocket. Like it was kind of just this investment that was like, you know, Hey, you can do as much training as you want. You have to pay for it, but you know, I'll see you in two months at the screen test. There was a producer session in between, but yeah, he just kept saying like, keep training, keep training. I'll see you at the screen test. So two months later, um, screen test, there was top 24 people there. And you know, it was like, all I remember is Jacqueline Sososki, who is the yellow ranger her and I were in the room and we're looking around and we were like, oh wow, we don't really have any competition because there was no any t- there was no tall, white, blonde guys. And she said the same thing about girls. She was like, there's no blonde, white girls here. Yeah. Like, maybe I have a chance. <laughs> and then we looked at each other, friends, we were already friends, and we were like, we're each other's competition. Like, we're the white, blonde person. And we were like, dang, Like I really like you. I wish we could work together, but it's either you or I. And then we both got cast, which is just wow. insane. Because they didn't have the role of Blaze out, and we just thought we were auditioning for Rangers. So, I mean, it was just crazy. And then I didn't get a Ranger, and I got the call, but then they said they wanted me to audition for the villain. And I was like, I don't really want to wear a big suit and act all funny. And you know what I mean? Like, I totally thought the Blaze was going to be something else. And then ended up being the best decision that I could have ever, ever had. So, then I got the yes, and after a quick audition for Blaze, and... And yeah, I know I gave you the really, really like, <laughs> no, this is long great. This version right It was quite so, a story.
2: Tell us about the that two month training, man. How was that?
0: You know, it was it was pretty intense. and um, one really hard and vulnerable thing is that when we started stunt training with Alpha Stunt team when we got out here in New Zealand, um, the the eight of us were training with them to prepare for the next nine months of filming. Um, I definitely was the weakest link. Like everybody was kind of killing it. And every not even kind of, they were killing it. Everybody was so good. And it just kind of clicked. But for some reason, my body just wasn't moving that way. And it was really, really difficult for me. And so I was like, that time, I was just flying by the feet of my pants, hoping I could make it work. But it was really intimidating, considering that Blaze was technically the best cadet out of Grid battle force to then deserve to become the red ranger if you know you or the viewers have seen the first episode and so like i had to be the best and that was really intimidating because i was the worst at sense so i was like i have a lot of work to do and i was it was a lot of pressure but i wouldn't be here if i didn't put every second of training into those two months for the audition And it was every day I was like, it was just so exhausting. And I was out in the middle of my plaza of my apartment complex alone, recording my fight. Like I'm fighting to the camera. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. They can, everyone can see out their window and see (laughs) me fighting to my iPhone. Like it's embarrassing, but I was like, it will pay off if I get the role. It's going to be worth it. And then it did. So, you know, I had to push those, you know, I had to push my boundaries and my you know, a lot of, a lot of my insecurities, but it was so worth it in the end. So
2: were you a fan of power Rangers growing up?
0: I was actually, so I'm the oldest of the cast. Um, it's quite funny talking about the franchise with them because I could talk about like my little era that I had, you know, when I was growing up and half of them are too young to have gone through it. So it's kind of funny that I'm like the only one that's like,
1: yes, power rangers, you know,
0: like, um, but, yes, I um, I grew up, like, I just, I vividly remember watching the Mighty Morphin movie and the Turbo movie and Power Rangers in Space, both the series and the movie, Lost Galaxy movie. Like, that was kind of my little era. I always had the toys. That was kind of always the thing. So, yeah, it is quite funny, like, looking back and remember playing with the Magnet Offender, like, literally the figure. That's, I can remember it so mm-hmm. much from Lost Galaxy. And then now I'm a villain myself. it's <laughs>
2: It's wild now for the for the listeners that haven't seen the show yet, uh, can you tell them a little bit about it, like what this mm-hmm. what this story is of the Rangers?
0: Yeah. um I don't don't quote me on anything. I'm not really that uh, it's quite complicated, but we're technically um we're living in a world where we're trying to find a better energy source that's more clean green energy, kind of something that I mean, probably our world would be living in too. So, uh, the morphing grid, which is how the Power Rangers morph and use that energy, um, that energy has been made now into a liquid called Morphex, and now Morphex is being distributed across the world um, as as a clean, green energy source that, you know, is zero emissions kind of thing, right? So, very futuristic, and what happens is there's this villain named Evox, and he's trying trying to steal this Morphex to take over the world, because if he... You know, if he he attains enough of it, he could potentially use that same big, you know, energy source to, like I said, take over the world. Yeah. So what happens? What happens is we have this place called Grid Battle Force, which is something like I just tell people it's like the Pentagon kind of thing. Like it's, um, it's it's to protect the um the like system. You know, all of the energy because, you know, people could try to steal it and stuff and it's this really awesome energy source, blah, blah, blah. So it's called Grid Battle Force and um, uh, there are cadets that trained at Grid Battle Force to become Power Rangers to protect the morphing grid itself and the morphex and that is me, Roxy and um, Ravi and what happens is Evox gets into the system and he takes over um me and roxy's bodies and we become avatars and now we are technically morphed with evox and now we're evil and want to help him you know steal the X and stuff so long story short there's a new yellow and red power ranger they come in and now it's us you know battling to who can, and who can save it and save yeah. the world i guess mm. that's kind of my my dummies version of explaining it so
2: so now you play blaze how would you explain that character <laughs> Oh Blaze, we we gotta love him. Um,
0: it's kind of hard to explain because I'm also uh, most of the season I'm not human, you know. So it's hard to explain that you know sometimes Blaze's um, his choices that he makes or something um, might not be justified in like human reasoning. Whereas like if I'm playing some drama character in some, you know, everything's justified and rooted in reality. Yeah. But it's really hard to when you're playing somebody that literally is, you know, he morphs into a you know, a bad guy. It's, you know, it's it kind of gets really muddled with what's real and what, you know, is fantasy. But um the first episode I really got to I I had two scenes of good Blaze before I went evil and I got to really that's what I got to use to really create this character to then um you know, move him forward and and have, you know, start an arc if you will. But um Blaze cares about his career he's ambitious he is um you know like i said he was training to be a cadet and was the red ranger he was the best out of everybody he was the best and so um he's ambitious and the only thing he has is that and i think that's why i think i made the decision that you know blaze doesn't really have um much of a you will and you know this is the way that he he finds purpose in life Hmm. and so then people start coming in and threatening that, you know, Devin, the first scene when if people and viewers watch it, um, the first scene, he kind of gets threatened and um, he, he gets very territorial over that. And so that's kind of the best way for me to explain it. But then when he goes, you know, when he goes viral, he, um, he you know, he's, he's not a nice guy. Like you don't want to yeah. mess with him. He's, he's
2: kind of a badass yeah. <laughs> would you be friends with Blaze if he was real oh my gosh no I could <laughs> never which is
0: uh, great I love that I'm playing somebody that I'm not he's just so like I, I don't really like people that um, aren't oh, let me think no this sounds so like dramatic I just I don't really appreciate um, impulsive people I like you know I, I try to think through my situations before I act on them and Blaze does not do that he fully rides off of every emotion that he feels and just goes at it. So, um, he's very impulsive. So any feeling that he feels that he goes for it. And, um, that is something that I don't
2: usually hang around people like that. So <laughs> yeah. do you, uh, do you have a favorite scene that you were in on the show so far? <laughs> you know,
0: um, there is this really awesome scene episode 12. Um, I can't say much about what happened, but, um, I get to do my first unmorphed fight, which is really exciting. I get my—I'm not going to share everything, but something really awesome happens, and I—I I have my first like unmorphed villain fight with with um, one of the characters, and that's really exciting. And right before that, I kind of have this monologue, which is really awesome because when you have quick turnaround television show for kids, you don't really get the liberties to sit and have a monologue, you know. Yeah. So um they do cut back and forth to different characters, but you can hear me saying the whole monologue, which is really exciting. And I'm just saying like, you know, like I said, he runs off of his emotions. So he's really pleasant and just kind of like, I can destroy all of you and I won't even bat an eyelash, you know, and it's kind of fun. It was really fun to kind of play with. And then have him go 0 to 100 and then be super furious and then attack everybody, you know. So mm. that was kind of a fun scene to do because, like I said, not always do we get to play that much because sometimes you have to you have to get the exposition across and so we got to move on because there's only 23 minutes of each episode. Yeah. So that was something really fun for me. So I'm excited for
2: everyone to get to mm. see that. Uh, how fun is it uh, filming in New Zealand? And did you know that it was going to get filmed in New Zealand? So when we auditioned, it did
0: say that filming was in New Zealand, which was beyond wild. I remember just being like, what? Like, that's insane. Like, that would be the coolest job ever. Um, And it is really amazing out here. It's it's quite, you know, it's not just like, hey, I got to go work and then come home. You know, we also have to face all of, you know, learning how to move across the world. And this is, I think, everybody's first huge job. And so it's just not something anybody's used to so it was like okay now we got to move across the world and learn how to get an apartment in New Zealand which is you know it could be different like every little thing um kind of adds up and so it was quite an over- overwhelming experience at the at the first but um but it really has been so amazing and and being able to travel when we get to and film on amazing locations um there I don't want to give anything away, but we do film on really awesome locations. I'll just say that, yeah. especially in season two. So everybody keep an eye out
2: for that. So you're a young actor, and you got into the acting you know, acting world at a young age. What kind of advice do you give to somebody that comes up to you, you know, that you you talk to them, and they want to get into the acting world? What do you tell them?
0: Oh my goodness, there's so many. I get this question a lot, and and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but out of everything I could say, um, easily enough. I just tell people, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, well, we all have the right to complain about how, how crazy this business is. Um, I do it as well. We all have to vent about how, how hard it is, but it just depends on how much you love it to keep going. And it's really hard, but you know, I, I just tell people that, you know, be the hardest working person, you know, and success will come like 100%. That's what I'll tell people. Cause the biggest thing that I got when I got cast and I've been able to share this awesome journey with everybody, I just keep hearing, you deserve it. You work so hard. You deserve it. I keep hearing that from every single person that I know because people know how much work I put in. This wasn't quick, easy success. No matter if it sounds like I was in LA for nine months, it could sound like I just got something cause I was lucky. Um, I was in the right place at the right time, but I had this foundational 13 years of work that I put in prior of just hard work and, and efficient work though. You know, I wouldn't say just go out and do everything you can. You know, you gotta be smart, um, about, about what business decisions you're making. And I kind of keep mentioning that. And that's the other part that I'll bring up is I think a lot of actors think that this is just, I mean, it depends on how far you want to go, but if you want to go all the way and you want to be super successful, um, in, in the industry in Hollywood, I would say I think the biggest thing to realize is you're you're more of a businessman than an actor. I, I can't tell you how many phone calls and emails and it's it's all those things and building your team, you know, like learning about how to become incorporated and then taxes and I mean I it's not complaining, it's just there's all that. and then people think the actors just show up on set and act. Yeah. And I would say that is like the last thing that I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like um, I always say this quote, but I love it. Um, Michael B. Jordan, Creed Two. he had an interview and he said, the only time I act is between action and cut. And it's so true. I, I can't explain how true because I, that's the only time I'm ever acting. You know, I am doing character work on the side, and that's just one of the little things, you know. But about, I think a lot of people just – or, like, that's what I need to get to. I just need to get yeah. to the where I'm acting a lot. But even then, I'm doing a million things. I'm on this phone call with you. You know, there's a lot of things that y- you have to do to build your business to then receive more work. Correct. So I would say keep striving and keep pushing and work super hard and efficiently and meet a bunch of people. But at the same time, you know, if you need to, take a business one-on-one class at your local community college find someone in the business that knows something and ask them for their advice, pick their brain, like just gather as much knowledge as you can, because truly um, this business isn't impossible. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely possible to make and get something, but you have to be willing to work
1: yeah.
0: day in and day out You're
2: right about, on yeah. like
0: crazy amount of hours.
2: You know? <laughs> Do you have like a dream role that you want to play someday? Um,
0: not like specifically like I'm holding on to some story that I want to play, even yeah. though I probably should. Um, but just in general, like, like my goal is I want to be doing drama. Like I want to be on an HBO series or I want to be on a Netflix original, or I really like the gritty stuff, which is so funny coming from, like I'm on um, Nickelodeon kids show, yeah. but, um, you know, I, I, I just care about being super truthful in my acting. And so that is something that I'm striving for and getting to in the future and I, I would hope that I come off that way as Blaze as well. Like I, I try to put a lot of realistic qualities into him and I'm trying to make the, the show as great as it, it can be and and I hope like I said that comes through. So I hope in the future that yeah, it'll be something it'll be something in in the drama category in feature film or something.
2: Right. On your downtime, uh, what are some of the things you enjoy doing now? You know, I
0: um, right before I auditioned from Fringers a year ago, I had this really big conversation with my friend where I, I mean, I'm a workaholic. I eat, sleep, breathe, work, and I love it. Um, and I have this friend, and he was like, dude, like, you need to find something else to do, like, as a hobby. And he's like, what's your hobby? And I'm like, it's always been acting, yeah. because that's what it started out as. It was a hobby, right? And now it's like a full, flow, you know, full, full blown blown job like it's a yeah. job and so now I am now I'm trying I'm like okay you need to be able to set this aside now are you going to go crazy you know and even though I just want to move on to the next project then the next one then the next one and just work 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 I am still trying to find now what what hobbies I want to have you know yeah. so to answer your question I don't necessarily have like something that I'm like Oh, that's my, like, that's what I love go doing. And to go doing, wow, I can't talk today. That's what I love going to do aside from work. But I will say that, you know, I'm, I'm big into fitness. I I go to the gym every day. I love that whole side of like, you know, I don't know, health, I guess, physical health. Um, I love longboarding, like that stuff. I don't really get to it a lot. Um, but, but I will say that, um, I was, right before Power Rangers, I was going to start taking surfing lessons and, like, have that be my hobby. And then Power Rangers came along, and then I trained and did that for two months straight. So it was, I was able to, you know, to learn how to surf, and then all of a sudden I got cast, and I'm out here. So hopefully if I have some downtime after filming, I'll, I'll pick up surfing as a hobby. That's that's the goal. Yeah,
2: yeah that's great, because you don't want to burn yourself out, too.
0: I know it's bad, but this is literally my entire life. people yeah. tell me that oh, every day. It's like, hey, you gotta you gotta you gotta take care of yourself and I'm like i'm I'm great, I really am and it's funny I've been doing it you know I've been doing it since literally I maybe yeah. seventeen. I just haven't stopped and I love it That's so great. we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens
2: <laughs> uh, lastly uh how can the listeners find you on social media and are you very active with the fans?
0: Yes. Um, I give so much homage to the fans. I, we, I would not have a job. This amazing, amazing franchise would not be where it is today, 26, late, 26 years later, the fans. So I really try to do my part and, and appreciate them as much as I can. Um, I am on social media. I am on um, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Instagram, Colby James Strong, and um, Twitter, Colby J Strong. And, yeah, uh, Twitter, we try to stay really active because it is a lot quicker and easier just to, like, shout things out and stuff. But the fan base is enormous and amazing, and everybody just cares about this awesome show. And it sounds like we're doing a good job. The fans are happy with Beast Morphers, and so I couldn't be happier.
2: That's great. I want to thank you for coming on, man. This was fun. Hey, lot. thank you so much for having me. I